This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 364, epic stories from the Bible that should be big budget motion pictures. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did surprise you was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. It's a podcast where we talk about pop culture stuff. And it's a podcast where we talk about how that ties in with our faith and Christianity and that sort of thing. And for today's episode, we are going to really dive into both sides of that, I think, by taking a look at the Bible and imagining some big budget pop culture things with it. But before we do that, let me introduce to you my co-hosts, my friends, friends to the world. It's Steve and it's Evan. And how are you gentlemen doing today? Hello. Doing good. Yeah. Good, good, good. So the genesis of this episode came from a couple things. One was I was um, playing Mario and I jumped on some dry bones and it got me thinking about the Valley of Dry Bones and how cool that would be to see in a movie. And the other was that on my fire stick, the there's some promotional things on there. And one of them is the Noah movie from Ridley <laughs> Scott. Or was it Darren Aronofsky? Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, Ridley Scott did the Exodus movie. Yeah. But anyway, it got me thinking about big budget movies of Bible stuff and how awesome those movies could and should be. And yeah, so our topic is, what are some epic tales from scripture that should be made into a big budget, amazing, giant, special effects, epic Lord of the Rings style movie or movie series even? So that is what we're here to talk about. And also we'll talk about those stories and talk about like, what's good about these stories and maybe what inspires us about these stories. Maybe. Okay. All right. So who wants to go first? You go first. Should I go first? You go first. Cause you had the, the impetus. Yes. So this is one that I actually had an opportunity to pitch to a movie producer. Nothing well, happened, <laughs> but, um, yeah. and, and it, it fell into a, a situation where just nothing happened. Uh, but that is David's mighty men. The yes. 33, the gibberim or Gaborim, Gaborim. however it is meant to be said. 
And that is these warriors who were fighting alongside David, especially during the time when he was running away from King Saul. And there's some awesome, huge battles in there, but there's also some really incredible, fun character moments in there, like Benaniah, who I think fought the the giant Egyptian. And I can't remember who it was that fought the bear in the pit. But he won. One of those guys did, yeah. Like the verse is almost literally so and so fought a bear in a pit and won. In the snow. <laughs> a bear in the pit yeah. and in the snow. And yep. it's just like these little tantalizing details where it would just be so much fun to kind of extrapolate on them and um but then keep that biblical truth as well. Mm. So yeah. Oh, and then again, I can't remember which one it was. I do have a notebook somewhere with all of these details laid out. But the the guy who fought the battle and they couldn't pry his sword out of his hand because his hand <laughs> nice. was just frozen in yep. place on that sword. And he killed the you know, hundreds of people in that one battle or whatever. Yeah, but crazy. But the big point for me is the moment where they, you know, David was not a great guy sometimes and he killed one of their friends. So mm. because of his sin. And he sinned more because of his sin by, by committing murder. And they still, at one point, he just says, I just want to, I just want to drink some water from my hometown. And so they fight through, <laughs> get to the well, just to get some water to bring back to him. And it's just that dedication that he inspired in these, in these men. And, you know, there's telling the story of David's mighty men would be a, an opportunity to tell the story of David, obviously. Uh, yeah. But to tell the story of David from outside and and these people who are trying to figure out what is going on with this man um, who is the apple of God's eye. He's God's anointed. But then he does this terrible thing where he killed one of our friends because he had a child with with our friend's wife, you know, and and just yeah. this opportunity to walk through the the fall and redemption of, of David. And yeah, yeah, there's just some opportunities to really have some big epic battles but then also have these character moments and ultimately talk about god's redemption and god's redemption story nice i like cool. that yeah so i, I hope i didn't take I'd one also, from you guys well i'd also like to to like look at that from the outside as well it would be interesting to see the like when that's going on you know maybe the philistines version of that story you know but it's like they're seeing this stuff happen it's like how can this guy have killed our giants you know and and all this stuff and and have all that stuff sort of you know told through that lens i think that would lend an epic quality to it as well you know and and david would come out like you know like in in braveheart how they described william wallace you know as this like this monster of a man and you know he was just sort of like this regular you know mel gibson sized man um but you know to see david through the lens of you know the other uh the the surrounding countries and the surrounding nations would be really interesting and also to see how their culture is so different the cultures are are different so when when david you know, has to, Saul challenges him to kill 
200 Philistines and uh, uh, this is a kid's show so I won't get really deep into it but he asks uh, he says you you know you have to prove that uh, you've killed 200 or 100 Philistines and he does that by a very specific way you know because it was that very specific way what would the Philistines be thinking as David is doing all this? And it, you know, the, and just the cultural differences to, to see all of that play out would, would be, to me, would be fascinating. Well, yeah. And, and the cultural differences, I mean, really all of these stories, uh, one of the things I've said is that um, the, the American Western is a fantasy. It's, 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 it's right. Um, it's American myth, you know, uh, yeah, historical fiction also is a fantasy because you're, and can be approached as a fantasy that is mm-hmm. because you're creating your world building. The difference is your world world building a true place that once existed. And so there's a real responsibility as a historical fiction writer to set the stage of a place and a time that actually existed and, and people who actually existed uh, whenever I sit down to do any kind of true story, whether it's from the Bible or whether it's a biography, which I've done a couple of bio- biographical comics, mm-hmm. um, I always have to make sure I remind myself, these are real people. This thing, these things happened to real people. Yeah. And I think I talked about once when I, I wrote a story about, um, some people living in Indonesia who, um, just their, their whole life was turned upside down by my Muslim warriors who came into their town and, and killed everyone who proclaimed Christ, um, except for the people who ran away and escaped. And I actually had a magazine article about the family that I was writing about, and I cut their picture out and taped it on my desk so that as I was working on this project, I could constantly have this reminder that these are real people who lived in a real time and did these real things. And obviously I can't get a photograph of David and Bathsheba, but we also have to remember <laughs> right. these are real people, you know? And so I guess there's a time and a place for Abraham Lincoln vampire slayer or whatever it is um, when you're being tongue in cheek with someone who has become more than a human. You know, Abraham Lincoln is a symbol and a person. And so right. Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter is taking the symbol, you know, and, and playing with mm. that. But then uh, historical fiction biogra- biogra- biography about Abraham Lincoln, that's about the real guy. And, you know, there's this line you have to walk of, yes, historical truth and emotional truth. Um, you know, there's, there is a difference there and there's a time and a place for those things as well, I believe. But especially when you're wading into Bible story, I think the responsibility for the, the writer behind a Bible story is much greater to not play up the fantasy or the fantastical moments, but portray them, you know, as these real moments. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the Bible is, a it's a historical document. And again, mm-hmm. Bathsheba was a real person who yeah. had a life affected by David in such a real way. And we take away, you know, little bite-sized um, spiritual truths to make us feel good sometimes um, and kind of forget the the reality of the people behind it. Yeah. And Uriah was a real person who had a real wife that was stolen by a king. And then 
was involved in this huge plot because he was so loyal to the king that it cost him his life. And it's like, you know, he could be a character in a book. You know, he could be, uh, he was that guy in the, the Fellowship of the Ring, whereas, uh, you know, he he has that, you know, tiny little bit of redemption right at the end while the orcs are, are you know, killing him so he can let the hobbits get away. Um, you know, he could be that, but he's not. He was a real human being. And, you know, all this, all, all the wonderful things that you can take out of that story, him being so loyal and, you know, even to the point where his king wants him to go home and be with his wife so he can, you know, cover up the whole thing. And his loyalty won't even let him do that. You know, just a, a huge study in loyalty. And he was, a, a, I think he was a Hittite as well. You write the Hittite, right? So he was, he was someone who came from a different culture, a non-Jewish culture, and, and was loyal to the Jewish king to death. I mean, just so many levels. You could do a, a, a movie just on Uriah. Well, and a tragedy, obviously. I obviously, mean, that's, yeah. That's one that just does not end well. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that loyalty that he had there to his men and to his leader, and it was all... He, it was taken advantage of. It was used. Like what a, yeah, what a wild story that is. Yep, absolutely. Well, let me go second because I'm going to read the entire story to you guys right now. It's only two verses. <clears throat> it's from um, Ecclesiastes nine fourteen and fifteen. It says there was a small city with few men. A mighty king came against it, surrounded it, and built large siege ramps against it. Now a poor wise man was found in the city, and he saved the city by his wisdom, yet no one remembered that poor man. I want to see that movie. (laughs) I want to see that movie. I want to see how... You know, what the deal is, why this small city is so important to this mighty king that he surrounds it with large siege ramps. You know, and it's it's just, it's like, why didn't he just come there and say, hey, I'm the king of this area, you know, give your allegiance to me. I mean, there's so much story in here. And then this poor wise man, you know, <laughs> how did he save the city with his wisdom? It's like, I want to know the 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 all the i just fleshed that whole thing out you know and it says no one remembered that poor man i remember that poor man because this is one of my favorite little stories in the bible yeah no one remembered him in fact solomon didn't even know his name yeah (laughs) yeah it says in the next verse says wisdom is better than strength but the wisdom of the poor man is despised and his words are not heeded so it just keeps going it's like he he saved the city, and still his words were despised and not heeded. I mean, there's just so, so much there. I I want to I want to write that story. You know that that three verses could be a three three novels. So <laughs> serious. I mean, honestly, it could as long as it's yeah. uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. <laughs> I guess that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yes. Well, I wouldn't just add extra words around it. You know, there was a really small city with uh, just just a few men. I mean, I would, 
you know, want to put the whole story engine to it. But, uh, you know, to, to, yeah, make to it hear five that. verses instead of two. <laughs> yes. You never know. That's the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine uh, was also David, but of course I would, I really want them to make a Lord of the Rings movie just about the man himself because, I mean, you you take any character in the Bible and you're like, which one would make the best action trilogy? And, and I don't think there's a better one than, than Jesus. I said action trilogy. Well, and depends on what you call action, I guess. But yeah, go yeah, ahead. Or, <laughs> I the, think Lord I think the, the commonly <laughs> accepted action definition is probably <laughs> the one that we're using here. I mean, Steve, you probably can use your David definition of action better. as well, I guess, but yeah. 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 yeah we, so, I mean, we've seen, they've had a movie. They, I think they did one with Richard Greer. Richard yeah. Greer. I've only I seen think. like f- brief moments out of that movie, but yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen it. They, they covered it in uh, at least one or two episodes of that history channel uh, Bible series. And that was pretty good. But they ha- they've never done it in a way that would just uh, blow people away, you know. And it really could be a you know film three movies at once, Lord of the Rings style action epic. Because I mean, you you could start with Saul, start with him and Samuel. You go up, you do the the running away thing. You got you got him as the king making his mistakes. Um, I mean, there's that story where David decides to do the census. And that's not what God wants him to do. So he sends that angel and just go around destroying towns, you know? <laughs> nope. Like, totally. That be, like that's, <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's got him as an old man where his children are turning against him. And that would be awesome too. And yeah. you could wrap it up with, you know, uh, talking about his uh, legacy leading to the Messiah and ended on a high note there. Um, it'd be, it would just be so awesome. Yeah, and I mean, if some people, the 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 problem with the problem with that, I guess, is maybe the overthinking that I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but some people uh, look at the prophecies of the millennium. And when it talks about the uh, David as as being the name of the king in the millennium, some people think it's just a reference to Jesus and his Davidic lineage, but some people think it's it's in that thousand year period that David is actually has a kingdom in which the Israel the Israel is is um, is is perfected. And all the prophecies come true in that millennial kingdom, and uh, that you know, if if someone was were to to make it that complete, that would be a, a really interesting way to do it as well. Although, you know, it's one of those things where people think one way and <laughs> pretty strongly, and some people feel pretty strongly a different way. So, what I like about this idea is obviously, I mean, it's this is far more um oh what's the word i'm looking for this is far more marketable than Mm. mine like my david's mighty men is a great idea but it's like skirting david you know and it's like 
where we're talking about David and he, when he appears on screen in mine, it's a special thing, but it's the kind of thing where you get the biggest name actor to play David, but you get him for like four days out of your shooting schedule. You know, cause, <laughs> yeah. And so when he's on screen, it's great, but you're paying a lot of money to get that guy on the screen. Obviously this is a much more marketable and mu- probably much more successful. It would be a lot more successful if they did it right. Um, Look, Ben, Date my movie is the theatrical release, and your movie is the Disney Plus limited series. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's not too far from, and, and it would be the same actor then. Yeah, so we get the movie yeah, star uh-huh. to come in and you know do a, a couple scenes for each episode, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and your mighty men people are in the movie, but then the show is about them. <laughs> uh, Interesting tidbit. Did you know that there is only one person mentioned in the Bible more than David? I did not. And that's Jesus. Wow. Yeah. I mean, David is an incredibly important person when you are looking at really, I mean, so much of, of just the messianic line and, mm-hmm. and the prophecies and, you know, the starting of, uh, um, kingly line that, that, eventually went to went to jesus so have you guys seen that uh that uh history channel bible series i haven't no i haven't the david parts are pretty cool and pretty sweet i can only imagine the the problem i have with a lot of those things is and you know to tell the truth a lot of visual representations of the bible is that you can't if you're looking at the Bible and just looking at the words and everything, you can see where they're going with messianic references and things like that. And a lot of times in the Bible, it's about that person in that story. So all those David stories are these cool David stories, but you know, few and far between are the adaptions of the story that point you know towards the Davidic. Uh, line and things like that, unless it's just in some little byline near the end of it or something. You'll probably like the History Channel thing, Steve. Oh, maybe I will. Maybe. It's hard to do that when you're telling a linear narrative, though. Like that's, That's the trouble, is you're telling a story of a time, and then to find the way to point to that future time, you either have to tell the whole story, or you have to stop and say... By the way, here's the yeah. Here's some little or, extra extra information for you. Or you can be Zack Snyder <laughs> and just put future stuff in there that doesn't make any sense to anybody. Yeah, you could. I mean, but honestly, gonna... <laughs> you, you know what? Zack Snyder's Justice League movie is a little bit Old Testament in that way. Yeah. <laughs> here's like visions it. of the future, and you don't understand it. <laughs> you may never understand it, but even in things like like the the Action Bible, the the new Action Bible, which has been like a, a perennial bestseller for like ten years now, um, in the Genesis story, it doesn't have the Proto Evangelion. It doesn't have the, you know, the the, the you will you will uh, he will uh, you know, you know, bite your heel and you will cr- crush his head. I'm misquoting it there. Um, yeah, but, but I can uh, understand why they don't have that. That's a hard thing to explain to a child and it's it's something that i do every year because i'm like i'm gonna hammer this forward so every christmas we start at genesis 
when we tell the Christmas story. But that's so that all of the kids who I have coming through my program four years in a row are going to hear it four years in a row at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a hard thing to explain. It is, but I think it is terribly important to to get that in there and to I mean at the very least just put it in there as a prophecy. Did Eve understand it? No. Did Adam? Probably not. You know, so it's it's not in there to understand immediately. It's a seed that yeah. it's a kernel yeah. that pops later on. Yeah. And to have but it not in you, there at all. But I mean I'm I'm speaking like in their that. defense, you know, like not everything is meant to do everything. You know, if you'd like it, to read a comic that does do that, you can check out Battle for Eternity, now available at <laughs> StarCrossComics.com. Very cool. You can also check out Easter by uh, Kingstone Comics, which also, yeah. that tells yes. the Easter story by starting with uh, with Genesis and, and going through to the resurrection. Very cool. But I don't go further than the resurrection because no. I only had 16 pages. That's the other problem is... <laughs> you're limited by time especially with comics yeah. and with with a film you know with a visual medium you're limited by how much space you actually have to tell the story you have to pick and choose what is my purpose here what am i trying to portray so if you're yeah. telling this story of genesis you know then obviously that's something that you would find very important and you would make room for it mm-hmm. but you know if you're if you're doing it in a different way with other purposes involved yeah i guess so yeah it's it's tough it is yeah, tough I mean, yeah so i mean in a movie when you have two hours to present you know, how many how many hours do they film it's just like you know they have these these hours and hours and hours of film and i mean i could not cut that down to two hours if you know if you paid me it would be that difficult well um just throwing this out there, we're not talking about Godzilla versus Kong, but from what I understand, um, there is a four hour cut of that movie. <laughs> wow. I, I can see why though. It's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> so my second one, um, I mean, as, as much as you could do a trilogy on Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and just, you know, I mean, even going through Joseph, um, one of the interesting parts of Abram's story, he's Abram at this point still, uh, is uh, chapter 14 in Genesis, where they have this, is it 10 armies? There's like 10 different armies, and they all rise up against uh, this other king. And then Lot becomes wrapped up in it, and they, they take him, and uh, and and then Abram, and this is, it's, it's interesting because in verse 14, it says, when Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And I'm like, 318, it just seems like a really exact number. <laughs> and I'm like, doesn't seem like it. It, it is. It is. <laughs> And then he divided the forces against them by night and he and his servants and defeated them. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. You just used two words to describe something that could be three movies. You know, <laughs> how did they defeat them with 318 men? 
and it just and, and then it ends with Melchizedek. It's just like this huge, I mean, return of the king type of ending to that whole story. Um, Steve, just absolutely fantastic there. Steve, yeah, you've got to watch that History Channel thing. <laughs> <laughs> this was not this intended to be a commercial the for the History Channel, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> everything Steve wants them to make a movie of, they've made it. <laughs> All right. Well, forget it. I have nothing. I have nothing then. All right. So here's my, my... Next is from the Apocrypha. Oh, really? <laughs> Here... <laughs> oh, you're going to watch that history channel thing on the Apocrypha. Here, here's my second one. And I'm, I'm actually going to put this out there. If there is someone listening right now and you are a comic book artist, I'm, I'm pitching this to you, man. Come join me. We will do this together. I think it would be absolutely fun to do. And that is the story of Samson. Okay. But here's the twist. Because the story of Samson has been done in comic book form many, many times by some very, very talented people. And it's it's fantastic. I've seen some really good Samson things. And and I don't want to try and retread what's already been done. No, no, no. Here's what it is. The story of Samson... But it's done from the perspective of the Philistines, where Samson is like Freddy or Jason, where (laughs) he is this scary villain that's out there. And they are trying to figure out how do we defeat this guy? How do we defeat this thing that's out there? And and you never even maybe even see Samson. You know, uh, Steve, you were talking about David, Mm -hmm. you know, and and now if you did it from the Philistines point of view, maybe, you know, he comes out and he's Mel Gibson. You know, or something like that. But, but this <laughs> yeah. is, you never see him except in silhouette. You know, it's Grendel who's just seen by the light of fire nice. off to the side. You know, it's, it's, it's Beowulf, but, but Grendel is Samson, you know, and you have these warriors who are getting themselves worked up. And, and so you'd have one person who's able to survive like every single encounter with Samson <laughs> who gets involved finally with, Hey, he's got a woman with him. And, and what if we use that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But just play it up as a horror movie with Samson as the mighty horror in the middle of it. <laughs> nice. So if you are oh, out there, horrible. if you are out there, artists with a dark side, contact <laughs> me, Ben Avery at Mac.com. <laughs> Send me an email. We'll, we'll make it happen. I'm sure we can find a publisher somewhere who'd be interested in. Yeah. The what would be the the horror the terror of Samson or something I don't know or maybe just call it Jawbone. Yeah, <laughs> and do the, oh, have the cover be the be uh, a uh, parody of Jaws. <laughs> Jawbone, <laughs> but it's Samson swimming up in silhouette. Yes, uh, yes. Jawbone. That actually is a cool title. I think that that's that, a cool. I think yeah. there's something to that. Nice. All right. All right, I got one. All right, so this uh, this is uh, Elijah and Elisha. Oh, dang it. Ah, sorry. <laughs> okay, but mine will have a little bit extra, but go ahead. Okay. Uh-oh. I mean, there's just a, it's just a cool through line uh, with, with Master and Apprentice. It's Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and, and uh, you can touch on all the idolatry stuff and I, and, They've got so many cool visual things you could do with that those stories because of all the miracles that happen. Lots of fire, lots of fiery angel stuff. 
uh, this the part where Elisha's in the city surrounded, you know, the, the prophets of Baal. And, uh, I mean, that part could be rated R because they just kill everybody. <laughs> that part. Uh, the part where Elijah, Elijah temporarily gets super speed. Um, yeah. Beats Go up King Ahab ball, down the mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the bears. Bears. That would be the bears. R-rated uh, R- <laughs> uh, there. So, um, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, so I actually, I don't know when or if I'm going to be able to do this. I do plan to someday think about doing this as a trilogy. It'd be called The Spirit of Elijah. I actually started the first, I already wrote two parts of a stage play. We've talked about this, where it's, it's Elijah and there's a puppet, uh, Raven who is bringing him food. Um, and so yeah, there was a, supposed to be a third part. I did the first two parts, and the second part ended with Elisha seeing Elijah go up into heaven, and then the next one was going to be Elisha. And the final scene of that was going to be then John the Baptist um, just in one scene talking about Christ. Doing what you're wanting there, Steve. You know, here's a way to flash forward or whatever um, yeah. to give some some context to that. But as I got thinking about it, just recently we did a study at church where the whole church was going through the study and um, I was teaching the kids the same thing that they were learning in the, in the main service. And Elijah was one of the, the portions of that. And it got me thinking about Elijah again and just thinking, you know, this is a story worth telling maybe without the, the talking mice and birds. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. We had a lot of fun, you know, but again, this is these are real people who did real things. And, just the idea of a trilogy of of books, maybe or or movies or whatever, where it's Elijah up until the point with uh, with Baal, and then after that with um, where he meets Elisha and they're they're working together, and then after that where Elisha goes on with his own ministry, and then maybe there's a bonus book that would be John the Baptist as a you know just the story of John the Baptist. Yeah. Um, and again, calling it the Spirit of Elijah series. And yep. so I, I here I just laid out a whole thing. I hope no one steals this and decides that they like the idea enough that they're going to do it themselves. I know. Why are we giving but, these things away? You know, the other ones, <laughs> Samson, Jawbone, I, I don't want to give that one away. But, uh, you know, David's Mighty Men, I don't feel like I am giving that away because you know what? A lot of people have done it. that too. It's been done in novel yeah. form. It's been done in comic book form comic a couple different yeah. times. Um, TV series. Was there? There was. A, it was a modern retelling of the David and Saul story. Oh, the was it called Kings or something like that? Yeah, I think it was Kings. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't last very long. Like so. Goliath was a tank, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. Uh, when it's done well, I I can get behind it. I I do struggle with it, but that's why I did Space Paul. And Space Peter now. Space Peter's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> but a big part of doing Space Paul was for me to say, okay, I've been critical of people doing this. I'm going to give it a shot. And again, you know, just try and do it. Does it work my way? I guess is kind of what I was looking at. Because um, again, it's it's historical fiction. But now I'm doing historical fiction with a space alien. Yeah. Space Peter was harder. I'm not sure how they did this. I haven't seen any of the artwork from it but we really didn't want to portray Jesus as a space alien. And yeah. so I don't know what Jesus looks like in space, Peter. But 
that's like in Veggie Tales where they decided at the beginning they weren't going to show Jesus as a vegetable. Well, yeah. that's the thing with Paul. It was very easy to skirt the issue, and we just did silhouette. And oh, so nice. when when Jesus appeared to Paul, um, you know Paul. <laughs> or Saul rather is this little alien dude driving this giant futuristic, heavy metalish Harley type hover thing. Uh, and then it, it gets upset, you know, because of the, the vision of light and, uh, but you don't see Jesus except in silhouette with Peter. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, you, you have to have Jesus as a character in that. And so, I again, I haven't seen how they even did it. I don't, I don't know what Jesus looked like in that. If I did see it, I've forgotten. It's been a long time since I wrote that script and then saw some of the um, character designs that came through. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been years, maybe four years, something like that. Um, and it finally, I, th- I think is is finished. I'm not sure when it's going to print, but but it's going to print soon. So I I have something that might tie in with that, unless okay. you want to do your next point, Steve. No, go ahead. Uh, so I've been thinking about things like that, and and specifically the uh, Renaissance painters, where I just thought it was so interesting because they didn't have any historical reference for what you know, Palestine looked like in the first century. So they're learning all the Bible stories. And then when they paint them, they're just painting them as if they're in the Renaissance. So like you, you look at all those, all those paintings of Bible stories and they're just completely out of time period, but the same events are going on. And I really like that. I, 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 I like the idea of that. Like, so what if you told these stories to a culture that, they had no reference for uh, what these things would look like. How would they depict them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool idea. And, uh, and not just for the Bible. It could be you could do that for lots of different historical things. How would different yeah. cultures depict, depict them? And so I would love to see. And I'm going to do a Ben here. And if any if there's any comic book artists out there who want to do this, I think it'd be <laughs> cool to do some. I think it'd be cool to do some uh, Bible stories. What if a missionary went to feudal Japan and told them the Bible stories and they depicted the Bible stories as if they took place in feudal Japan with samurai? I think that would be neat. That would be cool. So there's a book called Rabbi Encounters by Rob Woodrum. And it was a webcomic. And and then and it's someone that I really he's actually one of the reasons why I'm like, I I'm going to try space Paul you know, and see how this works. Cause he takes the story of Jesus. It's the gospel. Um, but it's in modern Israel. Cool. As far as like the, the, the visuals and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it's, it is fantastically done. Fantastically done. Uh, it's just, it's beautiful looking. I mean, Rob Rodrum is an incredible artist, What's it called again? Uh, Rabbi Encounters. Okay. Yeah, it's just very, 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 very well done. <laughs> cool. So very well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys got any other ones? 
Well, I, I mean, I, I mentioned the, the Valley of Dry Bones. And here's the other thing is some of these are coming from, like, I've written a lot of these in comic book forms. Like, I did Kingdoms, which is about the exile. And, mm-hmm. you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's that whole Daniel trilogy, basically, yep. where it's it's that was a lot of fun to write. And I think would also be incredible to see with really really well done special effects um yeah that was a great series because it really put that whole sweep of judges all the way through the um the exile uh into perspective into like a visual perspective so you know that was really really a a good presentation and you know and that was actually what i got the job doing the christ then and so when Mm -hmm. i did the christ the christ is the story of Jesus in chronological order, uh, a harmony of the gospels, so to speak. And it's me saying, okay, so what if I did the the television miniseries? You know, because obviously if you do every single scene in the gospels, it's going to be longer than a, a two hour <laughs> movie is going to allow. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that whole bit there, um, it, it just, it, it's a beautiful story. Obviously it's the story of Christ, you know, and um, to be able to see it kind of play out in, in, in chronological order, not just thematic order, which is what we tend to get with a lot of some of the gospel writing that's going on. Um, And so there's just certain things that I've written for the comic book page that I love to see on the, the, you know, the big screen kind of thing. Job is another one. Oh Um, Yeah. There's some, you know, you look at the end of Job when God's talking to Job and there's just this big giant climax there. But leading up to that point, just the death of his family, you know, and and the the disease and, and the sores and all the stuff that was happening. There's some real powerful visuals going on in that book. Yeah. Yeah, ever since I, I discovered it, I guess, you know, personally, you, you discover different books of the Bible at different times. And I, I started realizing what it all is, you know, it just, it just, it just, it's amazing how that type of literature can do what it did in, inside the Bible. I mean, you can, you can take anything that his friends say out of context and say, oh, well, that's in the Bible. You know, because it actually yeah. sounds like <laughs> yeah. something that, you know, it might be in a Christian book or a Christian self-help thing or something like that. But, you know, and, and he, when he just turns it on its ear, you know, and just it's it's amazing. It's an amazing. And then at the end, when God steps in, you know, Deus Ex yeah. Machina, I don't think <laughs> um, it's just <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And perfect. of course, I did that graphic novel with Jeff Slemons. Yeah. And that's just the visuals in that are gorgeous. I mean, he, he turned in some of the best work that I've ever been involved with. But then also I got overruled on that one because I was like, you know, I talk about the, the behemoth or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, possibly being dinosaur. I I don't think it was, I don't think he's talking about dinosaur. So let's not do a dinosaur. Like, Nope, we're doing dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would have done if I was your editor. <laughs> totally got overruled. Sorry. 
<laughs> Sounds like a dinosaur. Sounds like it could be a dinosaur. Well, so. that's the whole thing. There's a lot of could be yeah. in the things that it describes there because we just don't know what they're describing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of could be. Yeah. A lot of it. Um, but w- what's there is just the power of God. You know, this is where God is coming in and saying, right. Hey, I made the universe. I understand things you don't understand. Are you going to trust me? Because mm-hmm. were you there? No. And I, I'm powerful and, and I got you, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> and it's, yep. it's overwhelming. And yet at the same time, it's, it's comforting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I just love it so much. In fact, one day I want to bring in one more person and, and then we uh, maybe a couple uh, female voices as well, but I'd like to take that script for that comic book and do an audio version with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. And, and uh, I don't know if we bring someone in special to be Job um, so that we can be the three bad friends or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then we need to bring in someone to be the good friend as well. Who's, who's young and kind of wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, that would work. <laughs> it would work. Um, but I think it'd be I, good to put us all on par as far as like, we're yes, all bad, yes, you know, or course, like that. But, um, uh, yeah. So but I mean, I, I honestly, it, it, I think it, it'd be good to hear the voices. Cause when you read Job, that's, what's difficult is you realize that the different people are all, they're consistent. It's not just three voices who are doing one thing wrong. It's three voices who are consistently doing basically three things wrong. And and each one of these guys is consistent. And, and to keep track of who's talking in, in scripture, it's there, but you really have to be paying attention. And so it's, yeah. And, and once you start paying attention to it, though, you're just like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. You know, this is really, it's good writing. Why is it good yeah. writing? Well, it's inspired by God, but. <laughs> it's there's some really good writing going on there. And then you have the fourth guy who's like, Hey, you know, <laughs> you guys kind of stink as friends. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a powerful, powerful book. Yeah. And it is the one book that I would look at and say, I'm not sure if it's historical. I'm not sure if it's historical. Uh, it might have been a stage play. Oh yeah, totally. But Although it, it might have been it, a historical it also stage could play. Be. Yeah, it, it could be historical as well. You know, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it, it's it's not heretical to think either way. So, yeah. you know, it's sort of like the 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 parables. Uh, my next thing was going to be something to do with parables, so it sort of flows into this. But you know, did the parables were they just stories or? You know, was there really a prodigal son who did those things and, you know, ended up with the the other son in the field with the, you know, the party going on? It sounds like these things could have happened. And in my my uh, trilogy or whatever you would want to do, I would take all the parables and put them into one story. Oh, you stole like, my thing, Steve. Did I? <laughs> yeah, no, this is my this is my puppet show that I wanted to do. Nice. Yeah. No, also, the puppet TV show. comics we've talked about. Yet. Yep. <laughs> yep. Space, space parables. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So yeah. It would, and it would, it would, I, I 
personally would not be surprised if we went to heaven and they said, yeah, those, oh yeah, he was telling a story of something that happened, you know, and a hundred percent, that's exactly what happened. And it happened that way. So he could tell that story to unfold the real meaning of it, you know, and, and do all of that. So, um, you know, Job could have happened exactly that way to tell the story. So it became that, you know, if it was a stage play or whatever it, it turned out to be. And, you know, and, and maybe those those parables were similar. Maybe they did the same type of thing. What's interesting is no matter how you cut it, they are true stories. The parables are. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the kind of truth that you're talking about where right. there's historical truth and then there's metaphorical spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. And but those stories that Jesus talks about did and do happen. Oh yeah, uh, I've heard people uh, specifically think that the Lazarus story might have been something that really happened because it's one of the only parables where he gives people names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Randy Alcorn, I got to edit a graphic novel by him, really extrapolating on it as a real guy. That's a good. That's a good graphic novel. Great art. Well, I've only got uh, one more. Well, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, and that would be the the BCU, the, the Bible Cinematic Universe, where <laughs> where you tell you do you tell the stories that are relevant to the gospel throughout the Old Testament going forward, and we keep the same actors as a through line for God, Jesus, and some angels. David, you know, flashbacks, Moses for the transfiguration and every, we keep all the same actors and it's in the same universe, the same aesthetic. And you can go all the way from uh, creation to uh, revelation. How many movies do you think you could do it in? Oh, that's a, that's a question. Uh, I mean, no less than 21, no more than 40, maybe. (laughs) I think you could maybe do it in 10 be interesting to to look at that type of thing one thing that i like to to look at is to see and this this goes back to this hobbit cartoon that i saw from i think the 1960s or something and someone had the rights to the hobbit and to keep the rights to the hobbit they had to produce something that was the hobbit and they made this 10 minute cartoon and it it wasn't even very animated a lot Not of the stuff all. was like no yeah, a it was lot of camera stuff tricks was like a, yeah and, and so, like a single scene and the camera getting closer and, you know as if you were going through the scene but it's just getting closer and closer to a picture and if you had 10 minutes and you had to tell you know whatever story the hobbit or lord of the rings or whatever what would you keep in what would you have to keep in and what would you just have to keep out just because there's no time to tell that story? And, you know, it, this was interesting because they actually added another character of all things, you know, and <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you have 10 minutes to tell the story. You shouldn't be adding things, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was an interesting take on it. And it got me to thinking, what if I, what if you had, 10 minutes like uh, r2d2 and c3po when they were telling the story to the ewoks and they're telling you know and it, it, it huge jumps 
you know, they just introduced Darth Vader and then all of a sudden they're into, I forget exactly what they're doing next, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's just huge chunks taken out just to get to the point that the, that they wanted to, to tell the story. And, um, you know, it, it would be interesting to take to, as creators, as all of us are creators to take some story and say, okay, you have X amount of time to tell this vast story or, you know, vice versa. You know, you have uh, one verse in the Bible. You can take one verse in the Bible and you can make one movie out of it. And it would be like, you know, how, how would you do that? You know, where would you go with it or, or whatever? So uh, those those things always, always interest me. So it, when I was in film school, one of our assignments was parables. And we uh-huh. were to do a three-minute film of a parable. And there was some weird stuff. Someone tried to do the, the Lazarus... Uh, and the rich man, and they actually got into like this abandoned zoo Ooh. and into a cage. And so the, the rich man was in a cage and desperate for water, you know, and um, ours was if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Mm-hmm. And we went out into the hills uh, in, in L.A. And, um, pit. Oh, we didn't find a pit, but I was a blind man leading another blind man and I rolled this was like my best stunt in my whole life. I rolled down the hill and like tumbled, not just rolled down, but tumbled down. It was amazing. I hurt myself. As pretty you bad. Wish. Yeah. It was not that great. Okay. So imagine that, but on a, you know, about one third of that hill. maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But there's also some bushes with thorns on them. <laughs> so it's tumbling on hard dirt and i really i i have a vhs tape of all of my my uh film school uh short films and and i really want to get that out someday and show it to the kids but yeah, we need we need to digitize that and put it on the youtube channel then. <laughs> yeah so it yeah but uh it would be interesting to like just take the bible you know like you you're, you're talking about the hobbit in 10 minutes which that was what, what they did in that 10 minutes was glorious and odd and and I mean it, it's they shouldn't have done as well as they did with that ten minutes and no money <laughs> and no animation you yeah know, with no money they did great yeah yeah um, <laughs> by the way have you seen the Lord of the Rings Russian TV movie from the nineties I've heard about it just recently yeah yes yeah, so I just saw it recently I I didn't watch the whole thing I watched basically through the beginning credits and it's garbage. <laughs> it's, the, the opening credits are just dumb. And I'm thinking they spent five minutes on people riding horses. Like you're doing the like entire Lord of the Rings and you have five minutes of people riding horses. Wow. Yeah, it, it was, I, I do plan to watch the entire thing sometime, but it's gotta be a time when I'm really, really bored and have nothing else to do. <laughs> So, but to take the Steve, Steve your uh, your challenge of taking one verse in the whole Bible and making a movie out of it, I got it. What is it? It's Judges Judges three thirty one. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down six hundred Philistines with an ox goad. He there we too go. saved Israel. <laughs> there we go. I like that. Well, I mean, yeah. how many of those judges stories? Like we didn't even talk about Deborah yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the stories of the judges where, again, you have these action things, but there's also so much behind it as far as just God's, God's plan, 
as far as man's <laughs> fallenness in the midst of God's plan. Um, but what I, where I was going to go was instead of the one verse thing, uh, I was going to go to like, what if you had to do the whole Bible in 10 minutes? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I imagine it would look a lot for you, Evan, it would look a lot like your, your uh, tales from eternity kind of thing. Probably. Uh, yeah. 24 pages, the whole Bible. Check it out at starcrosscomics.com. <laughs> but but from from fall to to revelation, I mean, there is well, obviously like three some books pretty clear through lines in there. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen. That was good. Esther. Esther. <laughs> I didn't say Esther. <laughs> I told you on my dream. Several movies about that. I know, but sometimes it's just it sort of sticks to the linear story, and I'd like to see Esther sort of played out big where you get you know who uh Haman really is and where he comes from that backstory and you know the story of what's going on surrounding the whole you know the the courtroom scene and, and to you know to to really get into the cultural uh, I mean she was what it was like it was it 6 months that she was being prepared just for her meeting with the king yeah. and you know that whole drama of you know what 180 days of this thing would be i mean it just you know it, to to dig into that the meat of it would be really interesting for me uh, i enjoyed uh one night with the king but they they depicted her romance with king xerxes as like an actual romance right <laughs> yeah and uh you know i doubt it was like that and because i mean the dude spent like what a month solid in one party and then he yeah exiled his wife after that and so i heard i heard a sermon series preached once uh that was very interesting talking about how esther and mordecai probably weren't um or at least esther was probably not a faithful hebrew person um and was, you know, probably just living life the way normal Persian people would. Mm-hmm. And then when the, the time came for stuff, you know, Mordecai comes out with, you know, invoking her heritage. And yep. she feels like she needs to do that. And so I think that'd be very interesting because in most of the depictions, she's like Snow White. Like she's just this perfect, <laughs> you know, she's just like this perfect uh, yeah. woman, you know, who who steps up. And I think it'd be very interesting to see a more realistic portrayal of of the heroes who were flawed in that story and because i mean but if you if you want to go realistic with the villains i mean they're way more flawed than they're usually depicted as (laughs) like especially like king xerxes i think it'd be you know you'd be closer with the 300 depiction with him yeah than uh than what they do with one night with the king yeah now you mentioned snow white and i think I've, i've talked about this before if I had a you know two million dollars or something, I would love to do a Disney style animated Esther, ah, with nice. songs and everything. You know, like just it, Beauty Beauty and the Beast would be the model that I would use as far as like the style of storytelling and and the style of you know, it's a musical, it's a musical. Yeah. But maybe not with talking animals. Maybe with talking animals, but maybe not. <laughs> you never know. You could. I mean, I've yeah, done it a, before. A donkey, a snake. <laughs> I, I've done it before. Well, <laughs> it's like when they uh, when they went to do uh, research uh, for Hunchback of Notre Dame, 
they went to Notre Dame Cathedral and they're like, oh, look at all those gargoyles. They're totally going to talk. <laughs> they're, just, they're just looking for stuff to make talk and make yeah. zany sidekicks out of. So funny. That worked. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's our episode. You guys, what final words do you have? Um, <laughs> my final words, if, if someone can make a, a, a Bible movie out of this Bible verse, uh, I, I would be impressed. It, it comes from Isaiah. I, I don't have the actual, uh, chapter and verse, but the, 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 the verse says finger rings, nose rings. <laughs> Go ahead. Filmmakers. Where's your trilogy? I think they could be they could be pretty adept at doing that. <laughs> I think I think Hollywood would do fine, just fine. Nowadays, with that yeah. description, you could do a nice a- avant-garde kind of thing. I think <laughs> I could see something. I could see someone doing something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my final words will just be um, "Battle for Eternity" available now at StarCrossComics.com. <laughs> And my final words are, as usual, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. Please don't steal all of our ideas. But again, <laughs> comic book artists, if you want to join me yes. on that Samson thing, let's do it. And the Japanese Bible thing. Let's do it. <laughs> no, the Samson thing. And I get final word. So Samson <laughs> thing. <laughs> Contracts. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And, you know, as you're reading that Bible, just remember you are reading a single story and it's God's story and it goes from the beginning it goes to the end and we are a part of that we get to be a part of that and he loves you so much don't forget that as you're reading those Bible stories it's a story of love for you and for me and with that I want to say Godspeed You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. You've got to watch that History Channel thing.